My Brain, A Field Guide to Asperger's. I'm your host, The Autistic Woman. Please support the podcast on Patreon. I'll put the link in the show notes. Your commitment makes this podcast possible and lets me bring you great episodes with a variety of information about autism. This episode is about how to answer questions you might be asked in a job interview. I want to talk about job interviews and share some information I discovered a couple years ago that really made a difference for me in interviewing for jobs. Let's face it, job interviews can be challenging for many people, including autistics. A candidate has to answer questions without knowing in advance what they will be. I don't understand why it's so secret or how we're expected to prepare for the unknown. Does that really represent what kind of employee we'd make? It's the system we're stuck with for now, although I've seen a few exceptions where employers will provide the questions ahead of time if you ask. When I first started looking for jobs, I had no idea what to do in an interview. When I'm asked a question and I'm stressed, my mind goes blank. I remember once getting this unexpected question. Where do you see yourself in five years? Do you ever think about that? I mean, do you actually have that planned out? The first thoughts I had were, I'll be working here, or I'll have your job, or I hope to be anywhere but working here. I don't know where I'll be in five years. Am I supposed to? Old school interviews were often about the jobs listed on your resume and what you think the new job would be. I'll put a link in the show notes to a list of some of those questions, which you can quickly look over just in case you're asked or if you're just curious. Those traditional questions were, how would you describe yourself? Why did you leave your last job? Why did you choose this career? And a well-known one was, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Now, when that became a popular question, we'd hear that, Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness, and vice versa. That inspired answers like, I'm a perfectionist. I take on too much responsibility. I don't give up easily. Well, everyone caught on to this, and they began to lose their meaning. Interviews just became a chance to meet candidates and see who they liked best. While it's true that there are lots of tips available online, most say the same vague things. How can I ace a job interview might be the question. Answer, put your best foot forward. Show them the best version of yourself. Wear a suit. Smile. Not really helpful. I'd turn to the job announcement for clues. Things I'd read like ability to work in a fast-paced environment or experience working in high-pressure situations. Those are intimidating. I would imagine myself working at the company, feeling stressed out by the sheer volume of work in a high-pressure job. I could see myself getting fired for being inadequate. Did you ever notice that many of these jobs pay very little? I would pass on those. I convinced myself that preparing too much for an interview wouldn't be helpful. 
I found that when I had to speak to a group, for example, and made notes to use, I sometimes would go off topic and then not remember where I was in the notes. I might forget what I meant by a few words I wrote on a note card, and it wasn't like I could take my notes into a job interview. I also had this false sense of confidence that I could just wing it, because after all, I know myself and my experience. So I came up with some pat answers I could use. Why did you leave your last job? To go back to college. Why do you want to work here? I'm looking for a challenge. I like to learn new things. I like helping people. If there was an unexpected question, I might freeze, so I would try to use one of my pat answers. I once had an interview for a job I wasn't sure I wanted at a time when I was not in a good place emotionally. I panicked when I walked into the interview even before sitting down, and so my mind froze and went blank. With each question, I tried to turn to my pat answers and I sounded like a candidate running for office. Finally, one of the interviewers of the group said, we don't want to hear rhetoric. Give us something specific. Unfortunately, running out of the room was not an option. So after that interview, I realized I had to up my game. I had to figure out this interview thing for when there was a job I really wanted. I did research, (laughs) going from website to website at first, finding the usual vague advice. The time I spent on it, though, eventually paid off when I stumbled upon information that was truly helpful. I'd like to share that with you. I learned that job interviews have shifted from experience-related questions to behavioral questions. The emphasis is on how a candidate handled specific situations in past jobs. The interviewer's goal is to figure out if an applicant can perform the duties that the job requires. The employer knows what the job involves. Behavioral questions are popular because companies believe that past behavior is an indicator of future behavior. I question the validity of that theory as applying to the majority of human behavior. It's what employers believe to be true. Behavioral questions actually are easier to be prepared to answer. The key, though, is preparation. And I don't mean the note card kind. I found the formula for answering behavioral questions. When I used it to prepare for the next job interview, something happened that I never expected. The thing that makes the difference in how an interview goes is called STAR. STAR stands for Situation, Task, Action, Result. And for an autistic who scripts in advance of social situations, it's ideal. Behavioral questions used in interviews usually start with some version of Tell me about a time when. What do you do when? Have you ever? Give me an example of. Describe A. How would you handle? So here's an example. You hear, talk about a time when you had to work closely with someone whose personality was very different from yours. Here's another type you might hear. Give me an example of a time when you didn't meet expectations. And another, tell me about a time you failed. What is your greatest professional accomplishment? 
Or you might hear that phrased as, what is a professional accomplishment you're most proud of? Even now, as I say these questions, I feel panic start to grow. This is why preparing for the interview using the STAR method is so helpful. I'll put some of the questions you might be asked in a behavioral interview on my website and include a link in the show notes. So two years ago, when I prepared for an interview for a week ahead of time, yes, it took me a week that I'll admit to anyway, it gave me a surprising result that I never saw coming. More about that in a minute. First, let's start with a question like, Tell me about a time when you made a mistake and how you corrected it. If you're like me, you have a huge list of your mistakes in your mind, even if you've tried to bury them. Time to dig them up. Yes, really. Using STAR, you're going to pick a situation, a task, an action you took, and the result. No one is perfect. When you're asked about mistakes, The idea is to show that you recognize them, that you take responsibility, and you do what you can to mitigate it or succeed. You want to sound humble, not blame someone else, and you want to show that you learn from it. With all these potential behavioral questions, the first few times I read them, I couldn't think of a situation that answered every question. I felt frustrated with the whole process because I felt resistance. Sometimes when this happens, I feel like I have to outsmart myself. Pushing against my own resistance rarely works for me. To start, I picked a few questions that I figured might be asked. Rather than worry about star at that point, under each question, I would write a few words to remind me of a situation. That time I came up with a new procedure, that time when I forgot a deadline. Perhaps that signaled my brain to switch to analytical mode and move away from stress mode as I focused on the facts instead of how I was going to answer. Logically oriented brains think and find solutions, solve problems, and answer questions. It thrives on brainstorming. My mind searches through files, compares, connects, Maybe not as quickly or efficiently as some neurotypical brains, but I don't know. That's where the autistic trait of persistence pays off. Here's a suggestion. Jot some quick notes to remind yourself of the situations you want to use or might want to use. Some you won't. You'll filter those out later. Now next, go back to those you find usable and make notes using STAR. Situation. I was at my job as a task. I was working on when I realized I had action. I immediately talked to my supervisor, or you might say, I worked through lunch, or I told the client and then resubmitted it before the deadline. Okay, now that you have the first three, S-T-A, Take a break. Come back later to add the result. This is the good part. The result. This is where you sell yourself. This is the way you see it. And no one can really argue with that, right? The best results from a mistake or a bad situation are learning, changing, 
growing, improving, gaining insight. The best results from a success or accomplishment are learning, changing, growing, motivating, and confidence building. So let's say you're preparing for a positive question such as, what is a professional accomplishment you're most proud of? If you can't think of a job-related one at first, then just ignore professional and think about a life accomplishment, like that time you ran into a burning building to save a cat. Write it down. Before you know it, you will realize how many important things you've done that you haven't thought about in a while. As you go about your day, think about these behavioral questions. It might feel awkward. Do it anyway. You can find your stories, your situations, tasks, actions, and results. When I used the STAR method to prepare for a job interview, it was hard at first. A few days into it, something surprising and unexpected was happening. I was feeling confident, happy. I felt a lot less pressure. It was amazing. I was focusing on my accomplishments and the things that didn't work out. And I saw how much I had done in my life. Some cool stuff I didn't even think much about. I felt like, yeah, I did that. And yeah, I did that too. It helped me appreciate even small victories. Who knew? It felt great. I was confident with a bit of healthy nervousness when I walked into the interview. I was there to answer questions about the subject I know best. I was prepared. Instead of fearing the future, I was thinking about my past behavior. I decided ahead of time how I was going to tell it. And that is exactly what an interviewer is looking for, to know you through your past behavior. Prepare. It's worth it. If you have this skill called scripting, you now have material to work with. Just a few final thoughts. As I've said in another episode, there are no right and there are no wrong answers. If you're not sure about a question you're asked, or it's an unexpected question, refer to one of your stories, one that's close enough. When you start to relate an experience, the interviewer will listen I was asked one of those vague and unexpected questions in an interview, and I knew that panic was not my friend. I picked out a few words the interviewer said and told one of the stories I had prepared. I doubt it was what they were asking. They were okay with it. Then I finished with, would you like a few more details about that? To which they said no and went on to the next question. If an interviewer wants something else as an answer to their question, they often will rephrase it. When you're asked a question and you need time while your brain gets up to speed, just pause and take a few seconds before answering. It's okay, really. It gives the interviewer a break and shows that you think before you speak. And it seems more natural and less prepared. There are some phrases you can use at the beginning of your answer, which will give you a little more time and will make a good impression. Use these sparingly, though. I've given that a lot of thought. The first thing that comes to mind is, that's a fair question, so let me answer it this way. This has the potential to make the process 
seem more like a conversation and less like an interrogation. A common thing that can happen to me in a question-answer situation is that at some point I will think or I will even know I blew it. They didn't like my answer. Now, my pattern is to start worrying and then derail the questions that follow. And that is humiliating. Keep your head in the game. When a football player misses a pass, he has to keep going. He has to focus on catching the next one. After the game, he and the coach can analyze it. So that's you. You're going to go over this anyway afterwards, right? If you think you just messed up, keep going and worry later. Focus on the next question that's coming. By deciding ahead of time that this is how you will handle it, in essence, by making a plan and being prepared, you might find that managing your thoughts and your stress is easier. Before an interview, read the job bulletin and the job description. Sometimes they differ a bit. Research the company. Find out the company's goals, what they've accomplished, and what their mission statement is. This especially helps if you're asked the question, why do you want to work here? You want to be able to answer using wording right from the mission statement. When they ask you at the end why you think you are the best candidate for the job, I used to think to myself, how do I know if I'm the best? I don't know who the other candidates are. What they're really asking is, how are you a good value for our company? Use words from the job description, from their questions, from their mission statements, and most of all, your accomplishments and skills. Sell them the best product you have. You. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Tag it on Twitter. I love hearing your thoughts and ideas. You can message me at an autistic woman on Twitter. And after you do all of that, listen to the next interesting episode. This has been Meet My Brain, a field guide to Asperger's. I'm the Autistic Woman. Mm-hmm.